3: No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast.
2: Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan. There's lots on the way in this week's episode. Don't miss a minute of it. We're going to be revealing the full lineup for the Sports Insure British Final, which takes place at Bellevue on August the 16th. We are joined by one of the riders who makes the cut. Adam Ellis is with us throughout the show. We're also looking back at the big meeting at Monmore on Monday, featuring Wolves and Bellevue with the winners going top of the table.
4: We never really let it, let the foot off. like We were always going to keep coming back and that's what we did and it um, shows the team what we've got.
2: We'll hear more from Wolf star Nick Morris plus his boss Peter Adams. We've got Bellevue director of Speedway Mark Lemon and Dan Bewley also coming up. We'll also look back at the action from last week at Ollerton with Simon Stead and Rob Lyon. We're also going to hear from Drew Kemp. We've got Sam Masters of Edinburgh um, after a big Scottish derby weekend. And Leicester were beaten at home for the first time against Poole. We'll hear from Hans Anderson of Leicester and Steve Worrell of the Poole Pirates. we've got Trevor Gear we've got David Mason of Birmingham and we've got Will Pottinger of the Eastbourne Seagulls that and much more to come on this week's no breaks no fear
3: no breaks no fear the official british speedway podcast
2: so, lots on the way, and we'll be speaking with Adam Ellis um, in just a moment. We're going to start the show with breaking news at the time of recording of the lineup being announced for the Sports Insure British Final at Bellevue. It's taking place on Monday, the 16th of August, and no less than six former champions make the lineup. With more, here's Nigel Pearson.
1: There's no doubt in my mind that the lineup for the 2021 Sports Insure British Final is stronger than last year. Established champions are back in the lineup, particularly three that missed out last year. Scott Nichols, Craig Cook and Charles Wright. It's great to see them back in the field uh, this year. Rorish Line is the reigning champion of course and Danny King and Chris Harris are other former champions. Six British champions in total in this meeting which is great. A shame of course there's no tie or Robert Lambert but we know the reasons why behind that. It's a quality lineup in itself. Me personally, I feel the man to beat will be Dan Bewley. Adam Ellis, who's on the show tonight, of course, it's been a great form so far this season, Adam. But Dan Bewley, particularly around the National Speedway Stadium, he will be tough to beat. It will all come down to around 60 seconds and the grand final on the night. A reminder of the lineup Craig Cook, Dan Bewley, Danny King, Rory Schlein, Adam Ellis, Charles Wright, Richard Lawson, Louis Kerr, Scott Nichols, Chris Harris, Kyle Howarth, Anders Rowe. Steve Worrell, Edward Kennett, Richie Worrell and Ben Barker. The draw will be made very soon and it will be available on British Speedway social media channels and the YouTube channel and that will be probably in the next week or so. So, it's a Sports Insure British final. Tickets available now from the Bellevue Speedway website. Full details, just head to the Bellevue Speedway website. Keep following British Speedway social media channels as well. It's a 2021 Sports Insure British final on Monday August the 16th
2: Looking forward to it, and it will be the next Speedway featured on Eurosport on the TV as well, so uh, one for the diary and not long to go. A brilliant lineup: six former champions, and I'm very pleased to say that uh, one of the 16 lining up with a chance of having a go for the British final will be our guest who's joining us throughout this show. A member of the squad of the Sheffield Tigers and the Scunthorpe Scorpions and Team GB racing even as recently as last weekend in the European Pairs championship championships in france he is adam ellis welcome to no breaks no fear adam
5: hey ian thanks for having me on um yeah really really looking forward to being part of the podcast
2: and are you in france now is that what's your situation because because you've got family in france your dad lives there doesn't he and uh, you've you've spent a lot of time in in france
5: yeah i'm back in france um is uh we had the meeting on saturday and then i've got nothing till till friday so so it's ideal to spend some time at home. All my family's here pretty much and my partner's here. So uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to catch up with, with friends and family during the season.
2: And of course, France is home. That's that's where you grew up and you were racing in France for Team GB. So best of all worlds really last weekend um, in Macon for the FIM European pairs tournament where team GB finished fifth and it could have been a lot higher couldn't it but things maybe came unstuck uh, at points throughout that meeting um what what was the tale of it from you because I think coverage was a little bit patchy of course because slightly off the radar really that that tournament but how did it all go for for you and the uh, and the boys because you were in the team with Chris Harris and and Tom Brennan Um, how did it all work out for you
5: um it was a was a tough meeting to be fair uh there was a, a lot of rain the night before and we we was kind of hoping it would play into our hands the track looked pretty rough in in the morning and um, they pushed practice back to, so that they could work on it so uh, we we was feeling good and you know when practice came around the uh, the track was was like concrete and and um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I think it suited the French more than than what it would have suited us. But uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a tough meeting. Um, we I'd done a f- few of them before in the years previous, and uh, there wasn't wasn't the same sort of lineups as what there was in the final on Saturday. It was great for for us to to be involved. You know, since the the World Cup has turned into the Speedway Nations, it makes it really difficult for for guys like us to penetrate into into gb team and um you know it was the perfect opportunity for us to to go out there and and show what we could do it was a little bit frustrating coming fifth you know i think up until the last race we we could have finished third and um you know obviously start of the day we was we was going out to win it and after the first few races we realized that was going to be tricky so we changed changed our objectives to to a podium which was a. Uh, was still we're still on track until until the last one so it was uh, was frustrating not to get the sort of result we wanted to
2: and the winners being France, I think, as you say, maybe home track advantage. But what about, um, where do you think the British team is compared to, to the rest of Europe? Because we are starting to see uh, the fruits of some of the work in the background coming through now. Like yourself, like Tom Brennan, and we've seen the success he's had over the last couple of weeks becoming the under-21 British champion. How, how do you think we're faring on that international stage now Where versus where perhaps we, we might have been years ago?
5: I think we're a lot Better than where we were, especially when when I first come over to the UK and started. It was, um, yeah, I think we was quite a long way off. But uh, obviously, the guys like Woofie, Lambert and and Beauty are you know, a step ahead of of us. But we're, you know, there's a lot of young guys coming through. You see, Tom, Drew, Anders, Row, and like the Thompson brothers. They're they're flying everywhere in England at the moment, and it's it's great to see them doing so many international meetings on the continent um, you know it can only be a good thing for them and with the support Rob and Vicky give give everyone that's riding for GB I, I can't see it any going other way than than up to be honest
2: and I think that's the thing as well isn't it it's like a it is a bit like um, a family atmosphere and, and, and all these riders are coming through together and you see not just the riders together, but the parents or other family members who are involved in, in the various setups of, of each individual rider. You know, they've, they've been together for a number of years now.
5: Yeah, it is like that. It's, um, you know, the the under-21 days, are, in my opinion, they're the best ones. you you kind of, you're not doing it for, you, you're racing because you're enjoying it more than anything else and... Um, you seem to spend a lot of time with the same guys. When when I was doing it, Neil Vatcher was in charge, and uh, I think he still is of the under 21s. But we we had a quite a close knit group, which was was really enjoyable, and you know we we kind of feeding off each other to to progress, which which was really good. And as soon as you step out of that stage, you you kind of feel like you you were grown up. Then you need to need to find your own way a little bit. So um, yeah, it's great that the boys they're still young. You know, none of them are or uh, in their last year they're, they're all pretty much going to be there for another two or three years so it's uh it's looking really positive for them and you know i hope they can make the best out of the opportunity they're given
2: and tell us a little bit about the french speedway scene they, they won this event at the weekend um, we hear of riders sometimes going off to france i suppose to to do some some meetings and i think long track is is uh, as big a thing as any in in france as well isn't it what's the what's the french speedway scene like
5: it's getting better, to be honest. It's um, they decided four or five years ago they were going to start doing a, a speedway league, which you know a lot of people in France laughed at them, and you know they're they're quite they're quite stuck in their ways, or they was before with the with the grass track and long track. But you you look at the difference it's made with uh, with some of the young guys coming on, and obviously David Bellego and Dimitri Berger, There they've always been been fast and you look at them now, and you know they're they in contention with with Grand Prix spots and Speedway European Championship spots, which is uh which is nice. You know, it's perfect perfect place really to start the season. They normally do the league before the the season starts everywhere else, so you get to get some meetings in, get a lot of practicing because the weather's nice and. Um, you know, I think they've got big plans for the for the next few years. They they secured a deal to stream all the meetings live on on the internet, which is, which is you know another big step for them. They're they're hoping that that's going to kick the sport into um you know into the spotlight a little bit in France.
2: And for you yourself, um, growing up around Speedway in France, um, you're you're born and and raised in France, but obviously British parents and and represent Great Britain now in 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 Speedway and. You're speaking to us from from your home in France now. Um, what was it like uh, getting into Speedway for you? Because um, I know that from another podcast I do, Jeremy Doncaster mentioned that he would hang out with your dad when he was racing long track in uh, in, in uh, and um, your dad involved in in bike racing uh, as well, and, and had a lot of Speedway friends.
5: Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, he raced grass track sidecars before, so yeah. obviously all the top speedway riders back then used to race race long track. And uh, you know, he's, he's got a lot of connections, which is uh, which is great. And um, you know, I used to used to go as a kid all the time. Uh, my grandparents used to take me to watch every meeting that was going in France, and uh, you know, I kind of fell in love with it through that and uh, started out early teens and uh, never really looked back since but it's um yeah it's it's definitely been a bit different you know it's not a, it's not a big sport over here and it's only really in, in the local area and it's it's nice to see speedway really coming you know taking over from from the long tracker and uh, see a lot of the young guys come on is, is great
2: Absolutely. And uh, what about your international ambitions then? Because you've got yourself through to the Speedway GP Challenge, which is fantastic news that we've got so many representatives and and, um, you did yours a a different way because you had to go to the, was it the Italy qualifying round where you went through? Um, So that's going to be coming fairly soon. And um, what are your preparations like for that? And and where's your mind at with, with the Speedway GP Challenge on the agenda of everything else you've got on your plate?
5: It's um yeah, it's something that's that's in the back of my mind, obviously. It's I'm not thinking about it every day, you know. I've got probably a twenty meetings or so before before that and, you know, some big meetings as well. The British final which which has been up there with what I've wanted to to win for for a long time. So it's um you know, I think this year's probably the best shot I've got them got at it, which um which is gonna be it's going to be interesting with the likes of you know Dan Bewley. I don't know if Crumpy's going to do it again this year and obviously Rory line and yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be tough but the Grand Prix challenges you know I'm looking forward to it when you you look at the lineup everyone knows it's going to be tough you there's no easy way to to get into the Grand Prix. but um you know I'm just going to go there give it give it the best shot and pretty much keep the same same mindset that that I've been using for every meeting all year
2: well, best of luck with it because it's going to be, a, as I say, it'd be a great, uh, great occasion. And you just never know, one-off, one-off meetings like that. You just <laughs> never know, do you? It's, uh, it could could go uh, could go amazingly well. Um, We've had some questions actually from some Speedway fans over the course of the past few weeks, and you're probably the first rider we've had on since these questions have come in that might be able to answer this. You are a rider who's been operating in different countries um, so far in the in the modern COVID world, and I know it's it's brought you a little bit of bother, particularly getting back out of Poland and and things on occasion, and and you've changed how you work now. But talk us through what an average week would be like for you when you've when you've got meetings on say Monday. Day in Britain, you've got Sweden during the midweek, and then maybe back to Britain again. An international meeting. What's what's the travel plan like, and and how do you get yourself prepared for the meetings um, that are in separate countries when your bikes are thousands of miles away?
5: Um, it's it's difficult, you know. It's uh, it's never really been easy, it's probably the, the most I've ridden abroad this year and uh, I probably haven't picked a good year for it to be honest is, but, <laughs> but you know all the guys that have done it before would tell you that it's, it's difficult obviously getting early morning flights arriving at the hotel late at night and travelling most of the day before you get to the meeting and then doing the same the following day, um, there was a lot of unknown at the start of the year from from everybody we'd, we'd turn up at airports and and even the, the, the people at the airport wouldn't really know what was going on. So that was tricky, but it's, it's getting a lot better now. So it's, um, yeah, it's traveling's not too bad. The finding, you know, flights is, is a lot more difficult. There's, there's a lot less flights than what there normally would be. So, for example, I'd be riding in England on, on a Monday, Tuesday, on, uh, Tuesday in Sweden. And um, the only real flight you can you can get into or to get close to Sweden direct is to Copenhagen. So, fly into Denmark early, early Tuesday morning. Get on a train to cross over to to Sweden. Normally, my mechanic will pick me up from there, and we drive up to the meeting. Um, after that, drops me back off at Copenhagen. Fly back Wednesday morning if I'm in England on Wednesday or Thursday, and then, you know, on Friday probably fly out to Poland if I'm racing there or anywhere else anywhere else in the in Europe so it's, um, yeah it's it's a busy busy schedule but you know I wouldn't wouldn't really change it, it would would be a bit easier if we didn't have the uh, restrictions but um it's just the way it is now
2: trains planes and automobiles and a bit of speedway riding in between um and then you've got the situation with um Brexit I think which has complicated moving equipment around as well so if you got separate equipment in on mainland Europe and you, that does that move between Sweden and Poland if you need it or have you got separate bikes for Poland for, for Sweden for Britain or, or wherever
5: yeah I've got a, a couple of bikes in England with uh, my mechanic in who's based in Sheffield and then um, you know a different setup in in Poland which does the everywhere in Europe um, you know I was pretty lucky I'm lucky to I've got French nationality so it's not too bad getting in in and out of Europe for myself but from what I've heard, some of the boys that have to drive over it can be can be a bit challenging. So um, it's definitely the the easiest way to to have two different setups. It might cost a bit more, but um, it's a lot less hassle.
2: Yeah, and then there's and then what's the situation for like COVID testing and things like that? Because that's another expense, isn't it, that riders are having to, to find sometimes as well.
5: Yeah, that that can be challenging. You know, it's uh, not every country has the same same rules so some countries if you're vaccinated you don't need covid tests others they they want them anyway some are 48 hours other 72 hours so it's it's a lot of time spending online flicking through the the government websites but it's it's getting it's getting better like i said start of the year was was challenging but now it's um you know you kind of uh you it's it's a lot more easier
2: Fantastic. Well, safe travels wherever you're heading. It's uh, (laughs) certainly full full on business, isn't it? Let's look back at that uh, last meeting that you were involved in in Britain then, and that was on Thursday in the Premiership, Sheffield versus Peterborough. A bit of a surprise, really, because uh, it's very rare that Sheffield um, get beaten um, on their home track, certainly this year. Um, And it's a rare thing, I think, in in many seasons. It rarely happens. Um, Talk us through that meeting, because we knew from the start that Peterborough would be strong. They've been strong everywhere this season because of the pure strength and depth that they've managed to assemble. And having somebody like Chris Harris at reserve was was always going to be quite an advantage, wasn't it?
5: It was, yeah. We, we knew it was going to be tough um, before the meeting. You know, Chris is is obviously uh, better than better than most reserves out there. So it's and Sheffield suits him down to a tee. So it was going to be tough, but you know, we still thought we could uh, we could come away with a result. We'd had some close meetings the weeks previously, and um, yeah, it was it was hard. We we weren't all clicking, which was uh, which was frustrating, but. Um, you know, you you can't. Everyone tried tried 100%, which is which is all you can really ask for. But you know, the Peterborough team they've they've built such a good team this year, and even Jordan Palin, they've found a you know a, a rising star that's you know rel- was relatively un- unknown I think before the season started, and you you look at him now and he's banging in points everywhere in the Championship and Premiership. So it's um, yeah, they've they've done a good job, and it was was a frustrating meeting. But we we need to kind of put it behind us and, and move on. I think.
2: And how have you found um, Sheffield as as your home track? Because it is a fast track, but that can also be a drawback sometimes to some riders. Maybe it's too fast uh, on on occasion. And uh, and there are certain skills I think to to having the advantage at home as well. I mean, has it been a bit of a learning curve for you to to get the best out of the track?
5: It's, it's definitely fast. Um that's <laughs> that's one word yeah, that's one word you could use. It's um yeah, it's it's been good. I've really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I hadn't been to Sheffield too much before this season and we didn't really get much chance to practice before the first meeting, so um it was a little bit unknown, but um you know, I think I saw a stat yesterday that from five home meetings I'd scored fifty six points, so I can't really complain about you know about the track or my home form I've I've been really enjoying it everyone at the club is is so easy to to deal with and you know it feels like a big family so it's um it's great to be involved with Sheffield it's it's a club I've always you know um how would you say I've, I've always had like a lot of respect for they seem to run it really well and um you know we've got a great team spirit and it's just you know it's it's hard when when it's not quite going the way you want it to as a team, and um, you know, hopefully we can we can turn it around. Now we have got a couple of weeks off. We can we can think about it and press the reset button and start again.
2: Well, let's see the thoughts of the Sheffield team manager Simon Stead. He was speaking after that clash against Plymouth with Ryan Guest. Well, Sheffield team boss Simon Stead um, got away
6: with it the last few weeks, but tonight, uh, first home defeat of the season. Your thoughts on that one?
7: Uh, obviously disappointed, um, but. You can't dwell on it too much it's it's one of those things it's these sort of results are happening up and down the league for for everybody um so it's not the end of the world it just makes um our away form for, um coming into a busy august uh, more and more important so uh yes i'm disappointed have we got to improve yes a lot dramatically um what do you do against Peterborough? 23 points at reserve compared to two for us. I think that was, a, that, that was the final scores. And that tells its own story. Um, couldn't do a lot about that. And um, it, it's disappointing, but if if we'd have uh, if we had a bit more strength um, in other areas, you know, we, we missed Jack. Um, Mozer stepped in and, and did a good job for us, but we'll, Jack would have scored more than, um, arguably, more than more than, uh, Moz has done for us tonight. But, you know, it's one of those things you have to take it on the chin, regroup, go again. People keep
6: citing the uh, the same names you've mentioned, areas of struggle as well. But it, it, it's not just as easy
7: as, as getting replacements in, is it? It isn't. Um, you know, the, the rising star situation is particularly. Um, difficult for us right now um, you know often on Mondays and Thursdays most clubs are riding so options are, are really really limited and um, that's a frustrating point because no doubt a, a fit Josh Bates could be doing a really good job for us at reserve but we we haven't got him and we haven't got him for the foreseeable so um, you know is that something that we need to look at and uh, on a more uh, you know something something on a, for, for a more regular uh starter for us i don 't know it's it 's difficult because it's just not the, not the, the replacements aren't there so it's it's tough but like i said we're not the only we 're not the only club to have lost at home this year and that's really um one of the only positives that we can take out of tonight we've just seen uh Peter get done at home so uh it's not the end of the world we have to like i said we have to regroup um we have to work with the lads we have to give them the support and um and try and get more out of them. The
6: big positive for Sheffield tonight, once again, the the performance of uh, Adam Ellis, both with your your Sheffield team manager's hat on and your, your GB hat. Um, the way he's coming on, the the way he's riding consistently now, must be particularly pleasing. Oh
7: well, yeah, it is really pleasing. Like you said, there, there aren't there aren't too many positives out of tonight, but uh, certainly Adam's performance is uh, is one of them, um, and he con- tins, continues to do that on a on a regular basis. He's a consistent. Um, Very, very good performer right now. And, um, you know, uh, GB hat on, um, you know, Sheffield managed hat on. I'm delighted for him for both of those. And, uh, you know, he's only going to get better.
6: Just finally a bit of a gap until the next fixture now. uh, Kings Lynn on August the 2nd. They've broken their duck and beaten Bellevue in a a last-heat decider as well. And obviously a first visit to the Adrian Flux Arena for the Tigers on that occasion.
7: Yeah, um, well... like I said, there are just no easy fixtures, and um, and Kingsland will be a tough test at their place, like they were like they were here uh, a week or so ago, and um, we'll be expecting a tough fixture. But we've got a little bit of time now to um, to to regroup, and uh, I think. It's the right fixture for us at the right time, but we need to get a result out of that one. Thanks for talking to us. All right, Ryan. Thanks, mate.
2: Sheffield team boss Simon Stead there speaking with Ryan Guest and uh, joining us throughout this episode this week on No Breaks, No Fear. I'm pleased to say uh, Sheffield rider Adam Ellis is with us and uh, he was involved in that meeting. And um, when we're talking about the problems at Sheffield, um, really the the reserve situation is is one thing with Josh Bates being out for so long. And that has... uh, has certainly been costing Sheffield, um, hasn't it?
5: It has. Um, you know, Steady knows he's he's ridden for for years, and uh, he understands. You know how, as our, our point of view as a rider, and when you're struggling, it, it can be really tough. And you know, niggling injuries. Josh has, has had a you know a tough start to the year, and um, you know it's it's not really not ideal for us. We know how, how good he is around Sheffield. And um, it's it's hard to, to have a, a guest in every week when, when you got someone sitting on the sidelines who's got the potential to go out and score double figures. So it's, um, it's been, been tricky. You know, Righty seems to be be getting better and better each week. He's he seems more comfortable on the bike which is good and hopefully the you know, he can he can show that soon by, by getting a few more points.
2: Meanwhile, though, victory for Peterborough Panthers on the road. Their charge continues. Um, since that meeting, of course, uh, we know that Ulrich Ostergaard has been injured racing for Glasgow on uh, Friday night in a crash at Edinburgh. I uh, wish Ulrich all the best, but um, a key part of why Uh, Peterborough have been doing um, so great and uh, we hope to see him back uh, very, very soon indeed. Let's hear from the um, Peterborough team boss, Rob Lyon, after that victory at Alderton.
6: Well, Peterborough Panthers boss Rob Lyon after that home defeat to Bellevue on Monday. A great way to respond, picking up all four points here at Sheffield.
8: Yeah, it certainly was. Um, That's what we came for, really. But we knew it'd be tough. Sheffield are a good outfit, especially around here. and They've had some close meetings at home but always come out on top. And... um, so yeah, we knew it'd be tough, but proud of the boys tonight. Good team effort, and um, you know, bomber man of the match. What can you say? You know, seven rides, and what did he get? Seventeen, paid seventeen with an engine failure. So you know, but it was a team effort. Ulrich was superb. All the boys rode well. Even the boys had to take out. You know, they they all did, they all played their part. So um, very proud of them. Yeah, Sheffield came back in the the middle part of that meeting as well. Um,
6: but like you say, good character from from the whole team once again to to recover and turn things around. Yeah,
8: superb and like I said earlier Gate 4 was difficult again tonight it was last week when I was was here and uh, it proved it again tonight it was difficult and um, you could see it swaying backwards and forwards and I think the gamble putting Bomber off 4 in uh, heat 12 I think it was um, or heat 10 possibly 10 uh, was the turning point for us um, gambles sometimes pay off and sometimes they don't and tonight it did for us and uh, that was the turning point and the boys kicked on and 40 50 it is yeah the way the panthers have uh, assembled the team this year
6: we've always spoke about how you're always going to have at least uh, one reserve with plenty of experience but uh, for someone with chris harris's experience behind him that certainly is a luxury from your point of
8: view oh certainly is yeah i mean it's uh, it's great it's great to have that sort of quality at reserve and uh, like you said and, and to be honest the um credit to Ulrich ostergaard for stepping up to the plate and becoming the rider that you know he was probably 10 years ago and and going straight to number one which someone's got to go to reserve and whether that was scott Hans, bomber doesn't really matter we've still got that quality and at this time it's bomber um it doesn't matter who it is next month if it's bomber again great but we've got that solidity all the way through and yeah young jordan rode well tonight and it was good good team performance
6: yeah and like you say just very finally um, doesn't matter who you take out they, they all seem to understand that, that it's uh, that it's for the benefit of the team um, and,
8: and that's what team spirit's all about it is and we, we, we spoke about that at the start of the start of the season and uh, it is a team it's a team performance they're individuals they're all here to earn money and, and everything else but I, I always say you know you do it for the team you don't do it it's not, nothing personal
2: um, but you've got to do what's right for the team Many thanks for your time as always Rob No worries And next up for Sheffield I say you've got a bit of time off haven't you um, before you're back next in action but um, a trip to uh, Kings Lynn for yourselves next week and um Obviously, they've had a lot of change as well, and they're the team that um, currently are rooted to the bottom of the Premiership table. And and surely for for Sheffield and for Simon Stead and the rest of you, that you must be seeing that as an opportunity to to um, get an away win there and get some points on the board.
5: Yeah, we we need to get a win. That's for sure. Um, you know. They come to our place last week, and it was the last heat decider, and they run us really close. They they seem to be finding some form at the moment, which isn't ideal for us, seeing as though we we haven't been there yet. And I think we're there twice in in the space of a month. So um, I see they had their first home win uh, last week, which which is good for them. But um, we we definitely need to go there and and try and get all four points to to you know to stay above um stay above Ipswich and try and and cement that fourth spot but it's uh it's definitely not going to be easy it's going to be uh an important month for us we i think we're facing Kings Lynn twice ipswich once or twice as well and um it's we're gonna have to try and make the most of it
2: Well, yeah, of course, uh, Kingsland uh, also stunned Bellevue with a dramatic 46-44 victory to gain that first home win of the season last week as well. That uh, first home match for uh, Alex Brady and um, uh, a big surprise there for for many. But uh, as you say, a a home win on board. It seems to be a thing that they've uh, got in the groove of lately, the the, the last heat decider, isn't it, Kingsland?
5: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. They've... um... You know they've got a lot of good riders there which is uh is, i'm surprised they've been struggling so much obviously eric wrist has been out for a little while and and everyone knows how how good he is and um yeah they they seem to be finding form so uh it's it's definitely not going to be they're not going to be a pushover when we go to bellevue are, are such a strong team from from one to seven and um you know they they can get the job done so I think we're going to have to be on our own game
2: Well the very best of luck for uh, when that comes around of course and uh, that will be uh, next week for Kings Lynn versus Sheffield Next we're going to turn our attention to the action from Monday night in British Speedway's Premiership. There was only one fixture all eyes on Monmore for Wolves versus Bellevue and what a thriller it turned out to be as well one of the best meetings at Monmore in years so say some people who were there in person. We're going to hear from the Wolves boss Peter Adams will hear from Nick Morris, we'll also catch up with Mark Lemon and Dan Bewley all on the way here on No Breaks No Fear
3: No Breaks No Fear The official British Speedway podcast
2: Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan. Our guest through this episode is the Sheffield and Scunthorpe star and Team GB rider Adam Ellis. And more from Adam coming up. First of all, we're going to have a look back at the events of Monday night in British Speedway's Premiership. It was a case of winner goes top and Wolverhampton were the victors after a thrilling 48-42 win over Bellevue on Monday that was watched by Ryan Guest. Well, it finished
6: Wolverhampton 48, Bellevue 42 and it would have taken a brave betting man to predict that outcome halfway Way through this premiership fixture the Paris International Wolves they found themselves eight points down with eight races gone and their winning home run was under some severe threat with the aces really taking this fixture to them The visitors had just one last place in those opening eight races and big five ones from Dan Bewley and Tom Brennan in heat four and then uh, Richie Worrell and Jai Etheridge in heat eight created a bit of breathing space for the men from Manchester but you can never write off this strong looking Wolverhampton side who were making a habit of finding an extra gear in the second half of meetings. Nick Morris continued his fine form and was involved in both home five ones which saw the ball level with just three heat remaining. Bewley produced a fantastic ride to take heat 13 before Luke Becker and Ryan Douglas completed their own individual turnarounds with another important 5 1 in the penultimate race to put Peter Adams' side on the verge of victory. Bellevue still had hopes of a draw, but when Sam Masters popped out the start and charged by his rivals, it was Wolverhampton who sealed the points in one of the comebacks of the season. It was a stunning night of speedway action in the black country, and while Bellevue were left wondering what could have been after throwing away such a handy lead, it was the hosts who returned to the top of the table as it finished Wolverhampton 48, Bellevue 42.
2: Victory assured for the Wolves then, but they left it late and it was a big comeback coming from eight points down. Let's hear from the Wolves team boss Peter Adams on that.
3: Yeah, they battled hard, you know, but I mean, Bellevue were well worth a point, you know. They contributed so much to uh, a fabulous evening's entertainment. We have seen the Paris
6: International Wolves come on strong in the uh, second half of meetings plenty of times before, but like you say to, to reel off uh, 3 five ones in that second half tonight and, and make that comeback that, that shows a certain resilience about this team
3: yeah it's not the first time we've done that there's a bit of a pattern developing here and uh, I think I was looking uh, earlier today I think six or seven teams have lost at home in the last ten days so it's a bit of a thing going on there I think and uh, Hopefully we were able to arrest the slide and um, put ourselves in a very good position now at the halfway point of, uh, of the season. Yeah, we'll come on to
6: that very shortly. How important was uh, the, the Gates decision tonight? Obviously, Rory chose to, to have Heat 15 um, going in there, new, a former result after Heat 14 would, would ensure that victory. Yeah, let me just say we won't do that again. <laughs> no, it <laughs> uh, would appear not, but... Um, like you say, half point of the season now, you've got to be more than delighted, especially sitting top of those standings as at the moment.
3: Yeah, I was talking to the boys in the team meeting today, just warning them that the league table when you look at it, you know, you should take no notice of that because, you know, there's an imbalance in home and away fixtures for some of the teams and some have played three or four times, you know, more than other teams. So... It's a matter of looking at what points you've gained on the road and deducting those you've dropped at home to see who's really in pole position. And uh, after tonight, that's us. Yeah, just very finally, uh, another big crowd here
6: at Monmore tonight. and um, Probably one of the best race meetings we've seen for a long, long time here.
3: Yeah, it was a terrific meeting. And as I say, it takes two to Tango and Bellevue uh, you know, produced... A very good performance themselves but we just had too much strength for them at the end. Many thanks for your time as always. No problem
2: mate. Yeah, it was a strong team performance throughout the Wolves lineup, and uh, top scoring on the night were Sam Masters and Nick Morris. Let's hear from Nick Morris right now who reflects on the strength and the determination among the Wolves camp.
4: We expected Bellevue to, to be good here, they've got riders that ride this place well and a couple of our guys didn't start as they normally do and it made it a bit tough they, they got away from us a little bit and um but yeah like you said it shows the team we've got we come good at the end and um we're still solid all the way through the meeting so they never really we never really let it let the foot off like we we're always going to keep coming back and that's what we did and um shows the team what we've got to uh, get a win like that
6: yeah right. a lot of teams have been dropping points at home recently as well um but but wolves really are making this place a, a fortress
4: yeah it's good um I think everyone's just start like still getting dialed in really. Like I, for, for me personally, um, I feel like I've found something the last couple of meetings that I'm confident with and is working well. So I feel a lot better and um the whole team's just doing good. So uh yeah, we just keep doing that and Peterborough will be a tough test next week and um We'll just keep doing what we're doing.
6: Yeah, you talk about your own individual form, only denied a maximum in Heat 15 last week, uh, thirteen paid fourteen again. Uh this week. So like you say, something seems to be clicking here all of a sudden.
9: Yeah,
4: I feel a lot more comfortable like I used to when I rode at Wolves. Um 2019 I never really found that speed and and everything. So in the start of this year I never really felt it either, but first last meeting we had we tried something a little bit different and just from the start it's so much better and my bike's working on the track that's good, good too and when it's like that it's it makes it a lot easier so now everything's going well and busy couple of days now and just keep carrying that on
6: yep you and the team are, are going to need something similar once again next monday you mentioned uh, how tough it's going to be against peterborough and uh, i think it's uh, hans anderson dropping down to reserve for them and that's the the strength they've got in depth this year
4: yeah, they're going to always have a good reserve, um, but so do we. Like, Dougie at reserve. He didn't start as well as he would have liked to, to, to have uh, started as well tonight as he would have liked, but um, he come good at the end, and I'm sure now he'll start the meeting with whatever he did at the end, and hopefully he can start well. And we won't give the team, other teams, that, that uh, break like we did tonight. Brilliant stuff tonight, Nick Weldon. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it.
2: As the Wolves star, Nick Morris who got 13 plus one on that Monday night meeting against Bellevue. Joining us in this episode is Adam Ellis, star of the Sheffield Tigers and Sheffield have ridden against both Bellevue and Wolves fairly recently. And um, Adam, what is it like racing against those two teams? Um, what what are their particular strengths for you as, as as far as a rider goes and, and how do they differ as well because we're hearing about that strength of character with Wolves and uh, Bellevue of course have, have had their um, issues but they have got their strengths particularly at home haven't they? What, what What's it like facing up against those two sides at the minute?
5: Um, they're both very strong teams you know It's um, I think Wolves Bellevue and Peterborough have, have pretty much cement, cemented their place in the playoffs now um, so they're just going to be fighting for for top spot to, to to see who gets the pick in the play in the playoff semis, which is um, you know everyone knows is important. But Wolves have so many good riders. Obviously, Sam he's he's definitely one of the best number ones in in the league this year, and um, and guys like Schleini with with lots of experience as well, which which makes it. You know, makes them dangerous because they they've got a lot of young guys as well, or guys that have, are just coming on. Dougie's had an awesome year as well, and um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting interesting fight for for the top spot, I think.
2: And for Bellevue, we, we hear from some fans sometimes you see online that um, maybe there are portions of that Bellevue team that are not scoring as heavily as they would like, um, maybe. People like Brady Kurtz perhaps not scoring at number one as many points as they would they would hope for all the time. Um but they have got big strengths as well. You know, Dan Booley's having a good good year and, and more often than not he's been he's been on form and strong at reserve as well with Jai Etheridge and Tom Brennan.
5: Yeah, they're they're gonna be very tough to beat. Um, Brady and, and Dan are definitely quick um, when they're when they're both on form dan's dan's having an awesome season everywhere and um he's not an easy guy to beat he can you know he's not the best skater in the world but he, he's always buzzing around you and passes you like you're standing still but they've got they've got experience as well you know both warrell brothers have been around for for a while now and you know they're solid in the middle order with with righty and um yeah jai Everidge, he's been i haven't seen many of their results this year but he seems to be uh the trump card for him, i think he's he's definitely come on a lot and seems to be banging in a, a lot of points
2: well let's hear it from the man in question then himself uh, after that performance last night here is dan buley chatting with ryan guest
6: well dan buley uh, eight points up at the mid part of this meeting uh, must be disappointed in the end to only be leaving with one consolation league point yeah you know it would have been nice to win especially our uh, wolves won at ours and uh
10: it was looking good for a bit but um you know they fought back and uh i don't know if we just dropped off a little bit towards the end but um wasn't to be but you know you know it's uh, good to just get a point here you know after they won at our place so not too not too bad of a night overall
6: i was gonna say uh, it's a hard one to take because of the lead that you did have but nevertheless when you look at wolves's home record here at mama green a point certainly not the worst outcome in the world yeah
10: yeah for sure you know they're always good here and um you know at least it makes us look a bit stronger you know come playoffs you know if they're thinking oh we'll pick Bellevue and get an easy win you know I think we had an off night at home and we've showed we can ride good here too so uh you know if if they want to pick us in the playoffs I think we're up for it and probably they're up for it too so uh you know there's a lot of positives to take from tonight and uh you know if we had this night again maybe it could have been a win but um yeah it, you know it
6: wasn't a win but you know a lot of positives from it quick word on the mama green circuit as well normally you see the uh the inside line working a, a lot and being more favorable but yourself in particular and some of the other boys uh, seem to be moving out a, a lot wider and some fantastic racing here tonight
10: yeah you know to be honest the track's probably the best i've seen it for a, for a while and um you know it's still got that you know i think it's a bit stupid the camber on the third and fourth bend but you know you could almost get over it and um you know producing good racing you know it was just a little bit um, with the rain and whatever, you know, towards the end of the meeting, it wasn't uh, too much racing, but, um, you know, in the earlier eats I think it was perfect, you know, with the camber not being so stupid like it used to be, you know, you could get a good run around the inside and the outside, so, uh, you know, hopefully we'd have watched that and think, you know, maybe this will give us some good racing and to stop uh,
6: making some stupid off camber, two meters off the curb. But you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, for, from the Aces' point of view, though, um, some some home fixtures coming up now. Still a, a fair few meetings to to get in as well. Certainly not giving up on on that top uh, top position to have the choice in the playoffs, which it, it looks as though the Aces are more or less going to be in there now.
10: Yeah, you know, I think playoffs is almost sealed. But um I think we've done more away me- a lot more ho- uh, away meetings and home, so. Uh, you know, hopefully we can rack some more points up and uh, you know, get top would be nice and uh, get first pick but if not, you know, I think we're ready for uh, whichever team picks us or if we get second pick so whichever way it goes it's going to be good but um, yeah, just keep battling away and get some more wins hopefully Well done tonight Dan and many thanks for speaking to us Thank you, cheers
6: Well Bellevue team manager Mark Lemon uh, eight points up after eight races here at Monmouth Green eventually having to settle
11: for a, a consolation league point uh, sum up your, your overriding thoughts after that one I mean, it was a cracker match. Uh, you, you, the fans that witnessed that tonight are you know, obviously going to go home pretty happy, especially if you're a Wolves fan. Um, you know, I think the, the Bellevue fans could probably uh, go home slightly disappointed. Actually, I mean, we you know to, to sort of lose an eight-point lead uh, was it's, it's quite frustrating um, as, as a manager. You know, just, we cut the boys, just didn't have their nights, and for some reason just aren't just hitting those those notes that we expect them and we know they can. Um, to get a league point, Wolverhampton's obviously good. But we were coming in for more. Uh, we, we knew, obviously, we, we wanted a bit of a revenge after the heavy defeat we took at home to the Wolves. So, um, But, you know, that's, that's, halfway, we've got to come back here again halfway through the season. Um, so we'll take that bonus point.
6: I know you're a team manager who likes to, to, to take positives into the next one as well. Um, and for, like I say, 48-42, to get a league point and push Wolves as, as hard as you did uh, can certainly take stuff from that.
11: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, the, the rain came in after the, the interval, which probably was a game changer in all fairness. Like, uh, I, I felt like we were pretty pretty comfortable. Um, the, the boys were, were, were getting their bikes and their setups really dialed in nicely. And that rain came in and just, you know, throw, like I said, th- threw a bit of a curveball, was a bit of a, a, a leveler, really, and probably the, that's when the Wolves kind of stepped it up the, lo- the later half of the meeting. So, um, yeah, that's just the way it goes sometimes, and, you know, you got to run with that. Uh, like I said, crack a meeting, but... Uh, Feel slightly disappointed we didn't come away more.
6: Yeah, it's been a, a strange few weeks for, for the Aces since returning to action. Obviously, you mentioned the uh, home defeat at, at Wolves, then winning at Peterborough, then the defeat at Kings then tonight. Um, like you say, it's been a, a roller coaster of a, a couple of weeks for the Aces.
11: Yeah, I mean, it's, things were going pretty smooth, um, I guess. And then we, we've had an injury like with with, with our Richie and and. Um, uh, Charles, so he's took a knock, and that doesn't help things you know, when you're coming to, stepping up to this level. Um, but, you know, obviously Brady's just not fine in his form at the moment. Um, I'm sure that'll come uh, once he gets his, his trapping gloves back, and um, and then we'll be, you know, a match for everybody. Yeah, a lot of home fixtures to come starting next Monday against Ipswich. Yeah, I think that's what we kind of need, really. We need a, sort of a role of home matches to, to build that confidence up. We've, we've, I guess we've been lacking that. We've been travelling on the road very good, but, you know, it's, it's funny how it kind of works for you because... We're going to to be coming into the playoffs on a bunch of home meetings, so that's a pretty um, pretty handsome sort of place to be. Time will tell. Many thanks for your time, as always, Mark. Thank you very much.
2: So there's the uh, director of Speedway at Bellevue, Mark Lemon, speaking with Ryan Guest after that um, last gasp defeat for Bellevue, but a win for Wolves. That takes Wolves back to the top of the table, a point ahead of Peterborough on the same amount of fixtures. Bellevue have uh, raced one fixture more and uh, remain in third. Next up in the Premiership then, um, it's down the bottom half of the Premiership because it's um, Ipswich and Kings Lynn who meet at Foxhall. One rider looking to improve their home form in particular is Drew Kemp. We can beat
6: Kings Lynn around uh, their track, so it's obviously last time they come to us, they beat us, so hopefully we'll we'll have a full full squad by then, and, and everyone can fire on all cylinders and uh, and yeah get back to our winning ways. I feel like i 've got my confidence back, and I, I feel as though i'm 'm back to my best, so you know it 's important to keep that going now and and like I said, and put it into my racing at ipswich so yeah we 'll see so it's just like I said, the only truck I seems to be struggling with around is. Is my home track, so once I get that dialed, I'll be uh, I'll be happy.
2: Sheffield are wedged between those two sides. Adam Ellis, Sheffield rider, is with us, and uh, I guess you're maybe hoping for a rain-off or something, or a, or a draw or, or whatever for for that one this week.
5: Yeah, it's um, it's tough, you know. I think uh, Ipswich uh, have been struggling lately. Obviously, since since Crumpy's Crumpy's been injured, he's uh, he hasn't seemed to, to found the form he had at the start of the year, but. Um, you know, you can never really rule him out. He's he's, he's so good. So um, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one to watch. Personally, I'd I'd like Kings Lynn to to get a few points. You know, they're they're not quite as close with us as in the table. So it'd be nice if we could um, if they could nick a few points off Ipswich.
2: <laughs> but but not the full four, maybe just a three.
5: <laughs> no, probably not all four. A draw. We'll go for a draw. Yeah, a draw. <laughs> uh,
2: well, it could happen. It could happen. Um, and then on Monday next week, uh, you're back in action: Kings Lynn versus Sheffield, which we've we've mentioned already. And at the same time, um, you've got um, Bellevue and Ipswich. Bellevue now on a on a run of home meetings, pretty much for the for the next month, really, at the National Speedway Stadium. But Ipswich started getting a bit of traction now and um how do you see them going at the national speedway stadium because we've seen that bellevue are not unbeatable around their home track are they
5: yeah Ipswich. um oh, they've they've got cookie who's, who's a track specialist there. pretty much he's been there been riding there for a long time so um they're, they're not going to be easy to to you can't write them off um bellevue are a strong team but there's, there's been quite a few shock results, I think, this year, and um, it's going to be a tough fight for, for the playoffs. But I think, um, yeah, Ipswich are going to be going there, one in a win. Um, they've got Kingy, who's, who's won, his, won his British Championship there, and he's, he's fast when he gets out in front, so it's going to be an interesting one to watch.
2: That's Adam Ellis and he's our guest on No Breaks No Fear this week, the official podcast of British Speedway. Those uh, premiership fixtures then next Monday in full, Kingsland versus Sheffield, Bellevue versus Ipswich. I should say as well that neither of those are on TV. Um, Eurosport taking a break um, because they're focusing on Olympic coverage for the next few weeks. The next live Speedway on TV will be the British final August the 16th, which is a Monday night at the National Speedway Stadium and we'll have more build-up to that nearer the time. Next, we're going to look at uh, everything in the championship and a bit in the national development league as well adam ellis not just a rider for sheffield of course these days also representing the scunthorpe scorpions and we'll chat about scunthorpe in just a couple of moments
3: no breaks no fear the official british speedway podcast
2: Turning our attention to the championship and a bit about the National Development League as well. We're still going to hear from um, Steve Worrell, Hans Anderson, uh, Jack Parkinson-Blackburn coming up as well, along with um, David Mason. Uh, Will Pottinger and Trevor Gere still to come. Adam Ellis is our guest in this episode and uh, Adam riding across the continent, riding in Sweden, riding for Sheffield in the Premiership and now riding for the Scunthorpe Scorpions as well. Um, Adam, how's it going at Scunthorpe so far? Because you you were brought in there to do a particular job and that was to help out with the away form. Um, And and you've done that in in the meetings you've ridden in so far. But um, how is it for you life at Scunthorpe?
5: Yep, it's. Uh, I'm really happy to be to be back or to be at Scunthorpe. Um, Dave and, and Rob told me that uh, you know we needed needed results away from home, which is is ideal. F- you know, to for me, I, I feel like I'm probably stronger away from home than at home. So it's um, yeah, it's a tricky track to get get the hang of. I haven't had the best two meetings there, but um, we got such a strong team at home that. We, you know, we're, we're pretty hard to beat there. Um, You know, championships pretty stacked this year with Glasgow, Edinburgh, Leicester and, and Paul and even Eastbourne. Um, some of them are outside the top four. So it's going to be a fight right down to the to the final weeks, I think. And um, we just need to keep pushing to try and stay in that top four spot.
2: And of course, with that away form, you uh, helped them to victory at uh, Birmingham uh, a week or so ago. And then you were um, obviously on on manoeuvres in France uh, this last weekend when Scunthorpe were beaten by Eastbourne. Um, It was 54-36, the the final score there. So um, that away form has been the the big issue, hasn't it, really, for for Scunthorpe? Because if they'd got the away form together earlier, I think they would have been in quite a commanding position by now.
5: Yeah, it's it's been the it's been been the trouble. I think it's uh, Birmingham was was the first win of the season. It was good to get all four points away from home, and um, you know going to Eastbourne. I think I think we knew it was going to be tough. Um, it was struggle finding a guest. There was quite a few meetings on on that weekend, especially up in Glasgow. That you know it made it impossible logistically to get down to for any any riders guesting and. Um, yeah, it's, it was was disappointing to see the result. I see that we started off really strong, but um, but yeah, it's uh, it's always a tough place to go at Eastbourne. They got have got a strong team, especially at home. So um, we need to try and get some more results away before um, before the off date.
2: But you knew that Tom Brennan wasn't involved, at least. So. <laughs> was...
5: Yeah, exactly. He's um, he's a bit of a master around there. I remember when National League days he was he was good then. So um, I haven't seen him there for a while, but I reckon he's there. Uh... He's pretty quick.
2: Well, another of the big fixtures from the weekend was the Scottish Derby. Friday, it was Edinburgh versus Glasgow. And Glasgow going away with the spoils there just. It finished 41-43 to the Tigers, but it was abandoned after 14 heats due to a big crash in um, heat 15 featuring Ulrich Ostergaard. But the result stands. And then it was all back to Ashfield on Sunday. And again, it was the away team who were the victors. Glasgow 44, Edinburgh 46, a last-heat decider. Sam Masters top-scoring for the Monarchs. And um, here is the man who made the difference, speaking with Ryan Guest.
6: Well, Sam Masters, what a a roller coaster of a weekend from a a Scottish Derby perspective. Obviously, the the disappointment of the the loss on Friday night, but what a way to to respond with a a rapid response and a a turnaround on Sunday winning at Glasgow.
12: Yeah, it was... uh... I actually thought on the way up that I'd, we'd have more of a chance at Glasgow because they have a lot of good riders at Edinburgh and I think they are be- they do better at Edinburgh than what they are at Glasgow at the minute. So I was actually more confident in, in the away meetings. I wasn't too bothered when, when they did beat us, but unfortunately the meeting was stopped early because Auric was injured and yeah, it uh, was a shame that it finished that way. But Scotty Speedway was a winner in the end after the atmosphere and everything in Both both tracks was pretty cool.
6: Yeah, you say you always uh, felt you had the chance. I guess after losing at home, though, it was always um, essential to, to get those bragging rights in in the the second meeting.
12: Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it to us riders, it's not really. Obviously, when we get to the track and the atmosphere is pretty crazy, then it's a big thing. But before the meeting and everything, it's just another meeting to us. Really, we we verse these guys anyway throughout the weeks, racing in different legs and and all that. So. It's not like a massive thing to us riders at the time but until you get to the track then the, you can feel the buzz in the stadium and yeah, the crowd's going pretty wild so um, yeah a Scottish Speedway was the winner at the end really, it's, uh, they, they couldn't have had two better meetings, the atmosphere was mad, the racing was good, both tracks were really, really good and some good racing as well
6: yeah you mentioned scottish speedway being the winner a quick glance at the championship league table uh, glasgow and edinburgh are the top two at the minute so uh, things are, are going well for both camps right now
12: i didn't know that so yeah that's good um it is good for uh, for scottish speedway that the, the top two clubs are up there and um uh yeah the i mean glasgow have done so much work to that track and you got to take your hat off to them because probably one of the best away tracks i've been to to be honest so um that was enjoyable and yeah just a, such an enjoyable weekend and I know both teams when we were up there were saying the same thing
6: yeah from the from the Edinburgh perspective obviously there's yourself uh, Richie and Josh banging in the big points mm. um, Kai Thompson's now doing, doing that back in the main body of the team as well but um, even with the, the three other boys slightly below par still, uh, still a bit more to come from the Monarchs perhaps
12: yeah like Josh, myself and Richie are doing our job if not more and Kai's doing more than what he's expected to so that's been very helpful is him backing us up there um and when greaves he's been there he's been doing his job he might not have been scoring massive points but he's always been either winning heat eight or there or you know picking up the good points in heat eight and always turning a four uh, our our heats with me into a four two when we're at one and two so um he's he's doing an awesome job too and we're, we're missing him a little bit he's been injured the last couple of meetings so um Hopefully when he's back, then we'll be even stronger.
6: Yeah, just finally, obviously, you were there in Edinburgh's uh, real glory days um, early, earlier on. And obviously, with, with everything that's gone on over the last few years, they, they haven't been as competitive as, as the people who got used to in that second division. But hopefully this year, things seem to be turning back in the right direction.
12: Yeah, we've got a good team from the get-go now. And that's I think they've struggled that, with that from the start. They've always been a little bit behind to start with. And they've always been playing catch-up. But we've got a good team straight off the bat. And... I think we're doing more than what people are expecting. So um, we all get on well. We're working as a team really good, really good and it's enjoyable. So I can feel that, that, that feeling that we've had back in them days, 14 and 15, when we had won the league, is, is kind of back there. And we'll know in August, uh, September or October, whenever the
6: playoffs are anyway. We really do. Many thanks for speaking to us, Sam. Thank you.
2: Yeah, it's getting tight at the top. Um, certainly uh, Edinburgh Monarchs seem to be on a bit of a roll at the moment. Glasgow Tigers um, also there or thereabouts. And Scottish Derby always has that extra passion. Have you ever been involved in one of those type of fixtures, Adam?
5: I've never been involved in one, but I've heard heard a lot about them and uh, I've, they seem to get pretty passionate up there, which you know would be awesome to, to be there and, and see. But um, it, it looked like a good couple of meetings for for both Glasgow and, and Edinburgh, makes it interesting knowing that there's no no standout team up there. So um, I think they're two teams that will definitely be in the playoffs come the end of the year. And, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough place going to to either Edinburgh or or Oh, Glasgow not
2: the only derby over the course of the weekend it was uh, all happening in the northeast as well Friday night uh, finished Redcar 39 Newcastle 21 abandoned after 10 heats because of a curfew there was uh, issues with the sun there was also uh, a, a quite a bad injury to Ben Cook as well um, which um, we send uh, our best wishes to him as well as Ulrich Ostergaard of course getting injured over the course of this weekend the result does stand though so Redcar won that one and that was three points to them and then the return was on Sunday at Broth. Park and that finished Newcastle 35 Redcar 55 uh, 4 points for Redcar there so 7 points in the bag over the course of the weekend with their uh, North East Derby I know there's uh, the war cry has been put out by the uh, Newcastle authorities uh, to, to rally the troops there and get themselves going but for Redcar those uh, points are going to be very valuable and certainly keeps them firmly in the playoff picture
5: Yeah, big result for for Redcar I think they, they probably would have expected a, a win win there which is um, which is uh, yeah it's a good result for them
2: Another big result at the weekend was at the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena. Paul ending Leicester's long unbeaten home record with a hard-fought 47-43 win on Saturday night. The Pirates first away league victory back at championship level and they never trailed throughout a tight encounter with no more than four points between the sides. Let's hear from a man who bagged 14 of those points. Steve Worrell is with Dave Rowe. Steve Worrell, very impressive show, 14 points and the Big Heat 15 win. Great
0: night for Paul.
13: It was, yeah. I thought we was up against it to start with, you know, missing Benny after his crash last night. And third place to Matt, he worked his magic, and um, we got James right in. So, yeah, fantastic replacement. Good team performance. Everyone dug in. Um, yeah, and the end result shows that.
0: And some very fast starting from yourself, and it had to be towards the end.
13: Yeah, uh, it was crucial, you know. It all night I was popping out, and obviously when you come up to heat 15, and everyone's relying on you to like the well the. The general discussion was, right, we need you to pop out and win and, and whatever else. And I'm like, oh, God. So, But no, I, I was on a new engine tonight from Peter Johns. I just picked it up a few week, few days ago. And um, yeah, what a weapon. It's flying. So thank you for that, Peter. <laughs>
0: you probably don't know that Leicester haven't lost here for nearly three years, um, which is a real fortress it's become. So for Paul to come and do that, it sends out a statement.
13: I read that. Uh, it's, it was something that the pool press had put on and when I, when I saw that I thought really that's, that's a good record to have so fair play we've, we've come here and yeah, took that record away from them
0: <laughs> I know you've, you've not had the home matches obviously with all the Covid stuff going on but you have a chance now with home matches virtually every week twice a week sometimes I think to catch up and really get on a roll here
13: yeah we've been a bit slow, obviously with, with Covid but um, it's nice now because I've always been busy anyway individually but as a team we can start building some momentum you know like it, it's nice we, we've all turned up today and we only seen each other a few days ago, you know, and it, every, everything just keeps flowing in. It, there's no like stop-starting. So I'm looking forward to now building up momentum with everyone and hopefully getting a lot more of these results.
0: Quick will on that heat 14 by Daniel Hume. That was a massive ride for him.
13: Fantastic ride. You know, he's he's always he tries his heart out. You know that that's what I like Daniel for that. He's always he doesn't he won't just settle at the back. He'll always get stuck in, even if it ends up with him sat in the fence. You know, he'll he'll always get stuck in. And fair play to me. He calmed down a bit the race before he, he could have had a five one with Rory if he'd have been been a bit smarter. Um but yeah, he, he settled down. We we all talked to him beforehand and he settled down a bit and yeah, he he rode really composed and didn't make any mistakes and ended up with a win. And, and to be to beat, to beat yeah. Ryan Douglas, you know, Ryan Douglas is is a fantastic round here, so yeah, fair play to him and that obviously had a big influence on was winning you know if that result in that heat set heat 15 up for us to go and yeah, do
0: that all you have to do then was hold off think Morris for the entire race <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it <laughs> well done superb result thank brilliant, you brilliant thank
2: you as Dave Rowe with Steve Worrell of the Pool Pirates after that um, away win against Leicester the first team to beat Leicester in quite a while at the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena Pool are uh, playing catch up they started a lot later than everybody else so they've got a lot of matches in hand Adam Ellis is with us um, losing Ben Cook um, while he was guesting for for Redcar on Friday nights, um, obviously he's been replaced quite well uh, this last weekend by uh, by James Wright. Not sure how long uh, Ben Cook is going to be out for, but but how big a, a dent is that in the in the plans for Pool though? When we're just starting to make some headway.
5: Yeah, that's a uh, big blow. I, I didn't didn't know about that, but um, hopefully it's nothing serious. And uh, you know, a couple of weeks out, it's it's going to be August is normally pretty busy, but. Um, I'm sure if he can come back, you know, in a couple of weeks, he can re- regain some form and um, and they'll be right back where they were come, come the end of the month.
2: As for Leicester then, let's uh, get the thoughts of Hans Anderson because, of course, the two sides face each other again this week, uh, Wednesday. Um, they meet at um, the Arlington Stadium. Um, Hans Anderson speaking with Dave Rowe.
0: Hans, obviously no-one likes to
14: lose at home. It was a, a close, hard-fought meeting and in the end, Paul, just out on top. Yeah, Paul are a very strong side and you know, they they have riders with rides displays very good and unfortunately for us uh, we had a few riders not performing from the very beginning but like came very good in the later stages of the mean unfortunately like Nick crash out if he hadn't crashed I actually think he would have passed Worrell which would have made it a draw but there you go not disrespect to anyone uh, pull our strong side but you know we we're going to go there on Wednesday with an open line and we could probably turn them around
0: well that'll be interesting for, for, for yourself a good night's work three three wins three fast starts you know this track very very well and you look comfortable
14: I wouldn't say I know this track very well, I did one season here and it it seems a long time ago, but again it was only my second meeting back here since I Mm. rode here in 2018 and none of the equipment which I have now is from then, so every time it's something new I'm I'm making small notes of what is working and what's not, so there's still improvement to come for me, but today was a, a good step in the right direction, that's for sure.
0: And looking forward for Leicester, Plymouth away on Tuesday. I'm sure you haven't been there before. And then Poole, which of course you have been there before. So t- two very different tests there.
14: It will be. And um, like you said, I've never, ever been to Plymouth before. So it will be a new experience for me. But uh, I'm, I'm glad my teammates have been to Plymouth so they can pass on their experience of the track. And you know, if we work together as a team, we win.
0: And then Poole away on Wednesday. You do know it well. And I'm sure you'll get a good reception from the Pool fans as well, hopefully.
14: Yeah, I hope. Because I did... A- decent guest for him in the very first meeting this season so yeah i hope uh I hope they start cheering me and then boom me towards the end because <laughs> if they boom <laughs> me towards the end that means we won <laughs> lovely thank you Hans good luck Love with it. that thank you look <laughs> forward you. to it thanks
2: there's Hans Anderson inviting the pool fans to boo him on Wednesday night so that's uh, their fixture Leicester away at pool at the same time uh, Birmingham will be in action they're racing against Plymouth um, let's catch up with David Mason the Birmingham co-owner because last week Birmingham took on Redcar it was a rerun of that um, knockout cup clash that's um, been much talked about, but uh, Birmingham got the result, got through to the next round. David Mason's with Ryan Guest.
6: Well, Birmingham co-owner David Mason, uh, Birmingham safely through to the uh, knockout quarterfinals in the end with a 20-point second leg victory. Is this the night Birmingham's season really came well and truly alive? I think it had to. You know, the, uh,
15: the team just worked as a team today. You know, they were the, you know the atmosphere in the pits was brilliant you know and it proved on the track as well you know the guys were making superb gates you know and even when we weren't making gates we were passing them as well so and i think red car you know no disrespect to them they just they just couldn't do anything about us you know we were we were just so so hard into the turns you know and the and the and the bomber and the you know the risk partnership is absolutely phenomenal especially in 13 and 15 so you know it's it's it, you know it's fantastic news that we've got through um, and that's what we wanted really it was just we were all hoping and praying you know that we could get through to heat 11 and heat 12 and then heat 13 and once the five one came in heat 13 we knew then they only needed a two five nils and then they weren't going to get that we only need one point so um, you know we were just so pleased that the you know the team did it and you know it's good it's a good platform to work on.
6: Yeah definitely not to put a, a negative slant on it but I've got to ask the question obviously um, a, a lot to do with the first leg has been well documented a lot of people saying that that this leg shouldn't have even been restaged but nevertheless um, the, the the rules were the rules what was awarded was awarded and uh, the team have responded magnificently in the end.
15: Yeah I mean obviously you know if we were I suppose on the other side Ricard you know we would have probably tried to fight the same battle i suppose i don't know but um you know that that mean we want to put behind us i suppose red car needs to do the same um and we need to move on you know it's it's still a long season um and you know red car have you know proved that they can be a good team and, you know to be fair you know i was thinking this morning that you know they're going to come here and you know hope, may may do some damage but we obviously proved the prove that we were you know back at the races and you know making starts and winning races
6: Back to tonight. Back to the positives. Uh, every member of the the Brumish team doing doing their job for the side. Um, how important is it to, to have a, a fully fit one to seven of your own back back in the camp as well?
15: Oh, it's good for you know. It's good for the team. It's good for the public as well because then they see their one to seven all the time. You know, you know. And coming back to the reserves, you know, they you know Paco's scoring really well today, and, and Jack, you know, popping out the starts a couple of times, and you know he you know he won a race, and it is just superb to see. You know, um, and it's 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 great. You know, it's great for the team, and it's great for Birmingham Speedway.
6: Yeah, it was looking uh, a busy few months as it was anyway. Now, two more fixtures to slot in somewhere on the calendar. Looking at that uh, busy schedule as well. Back to the the league action next week. Plymouth at home at Perry Bar on Wednesday night, and then uh, away trips to Edinburgh and Leicester.
15: Yeah, so uh, obviously we've got Plymouth next week. Um, we hope that you know, Crumpy makes a, you know, return. It'd be nice to see him here along with Biani. So they've got two good spearheads and especially Biani as well, being an ex-primey. So we're, you know, we're looking forward to that. And again, get some, you know, get some points on the table and hopefully we can move up, you know, and, and, and just keep going. Congratulations
6: to the team tonight, David. Thank you. Cheers.
2: So that was speaking after the victory against Redcar last week, this week, the visit of Plymouth, and it's uh, going to be good to uh, get stars. Um, I'm not sure if uh, Jason Crump actually involved looking at the team news, uh, that we know at the moment, but certainly Bjana Pedersen due to be in the lineup, and it's going to be great for Birmingham fans to see Bjana around Perry Bar once again, isn't it?
5: It will. Um, Plymouth have built a very, very top-heavy team, which uh, you know is a bold move. Um, obviously, if there's any injuries it, or one of them has an off night, then um, they don't stand a lot of chance, which we've seen a few times. But um, everyone knows how how good Crumpy is, and his form at the start of the year was was impressive, and obviously Biani's Biani's top class, so um, could be interesting. Um, we'll, we'll have to see, wait and see.
2: And um, as you mentioned, your next action is on Friday. Uh, Scunthorpe taking on Pool in the championship um, at uh, the Eddie Wright Raceway, which is going to be a, a big fixture. Hopefully, the weather will be nice, and you must be looking forward to taking on that Pool lineup because, uh, as you mentioned, they are a they are a strong old outfit.
5: It's, it's going to be difficult. Um, we know it's going to be tough. There's there's a lot of guys in the pool team that are, are good around scum for Stevie Worrell. I think he was guesting when, when I was away uh, a couple of weeks ago and banged in double figures and Danny King and Rory Schlein obviously are, are fast around there as well. But, um, you know, I think at home we we can beat anyone. Um, We've got such a... Strong strong team at home. Even, you know, Jordan Palin, he's he's really quick around there and I think it's gonna be uh it's gonna be an interesting one. It's gonna it's not gonna be easy, but um you know, we, we definitely wanna go away with uh, with all the points.
2: The other fixtures on the Friday then uh, Glasgow take on Berwick. It's Redcar versus Kent. Kent having a very tricky time of it as well. I think they've struggled for for guests quite a, quite a lot as well, haven't they? And uh, I mean, it's, it, they have had their moments, but they're, they're having quite a tough time so far this year.
5: They are. It's um, it's, it's been difficult for them, you know. More recently, Cam Heaps, who's uh, who's been struggling with injuries, and um, yeah, it's it's a tough tough first year for them in the in the championship, but he still can't write anyone off i don't think you know they can they could go out and 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 beat uh beat a lot of teams which is um is going to be interesting scott's obviously their main man and he's got a lot of experience and um i've been in the team with scott a few times and he's he's a great guy to have around helps out a lot
2: got a couple of fixtures in the Championship Knockout Cup on Friday, both in Scotland. Edinburgh versus Birmingham, uh, the next round of the Knockout Cup for for the Brummies there up at uh, Edinburgh. And then um, Glasgow versus Berwick in the Knockout Cup Friday. The return leg will be happening the following night for Glasgow, who take a trip to Shieldfield Park on Saturday night. Leicester host Birmingham, uh, the East Midlands, West Midlands derby there. And uh, meanwhile, Eastbourne are in action against Plymouth on Saturday. Uh, of course, Eastbourne got uh, a a big win against scunthorpe last week when adam ellis our guest today was was not riding but riding for great britain let's hear from the um, eastbourne team manager trevor gear he's been speaking with ryan guest
6: well trevor first and foremost after uh, all the tense last eight deciders you've had to go through at arlington so far this season saturday's fixture against scunthorpe must have been very welcome indeed
16: it certainly was, yeah. We've had so many last heat deciders this year. Like, It was great to get it over, you know, a few heats before. No, I think everybody is, uh, you know, treated to some exceptional racing last night in, in uh, you know, 30 heats of good racing in, in both in uh, Championship and in DL racing. Yeah, very
6: good night. The way the championship's shaping up as well, there are a lot of strong teams in the mix and there aren't many foregone conclusions at this level. So as cliche and as obviously simple as it may sound, um, every single point that you can pick up is going to be so, so crucial, isn't it?
16: No, it certainly is. And, uh, you know, every point is vital. And uh, and I think we've we've got a team that's capable of doing it. You know, what. when we're, when everyone's present, you know it's a shame we have to be missing riders all the time. But uh, when we're on international duty, here, but that's one of the things having a British t- young British team and that they're going to be missing at times, you know. And we struggled yesterday without without Tom Brennan and that. And uh, Carl Newman was had uh, picked up a knee. So, but um, hopefully next week we'll be back to full you know full strength. I think with uh, with when everyone's present, you know we can beat anyone really.
6: You mentioned being without Carl Newman and Tom Brennan there. Did that make the result against Scunthorpe even more impressive in your eyes?
16: It certainly was. Yeah, yeah. on Scunthorpe, they were missing uh, Adam Ellis, and uh, they had an injury with uh, Theo Piper. But um, you know, and we there aren't many guests out there. In fact, we're both chasing. Oh, we, we're both chasing the same the same guests without knowing until the weekend. But uh, you know, but we're. We uh, we were fortunate in the end to get hold of Zane Kelleher and I thought he'd done a brilliant job for us, improved every race really.
6: I think most people will be aware that it hasn't been the easiest of starts to the season for Edward Kennett for the Eagles. So um, for him to soar back into form with a a full 15 point maximum against the Scorpions, uh, it sounds like it was just what he needed at just the right time.
16: It certainly was. Uh, you could see uh, the last, uh, the other night at Kent that uh, Edward sort of gained confidence there. You know, it looked a lot better. And he brought that along to Eastbourne last night. And uh, he looked, you know, it looked exceptional. But, you know, very good.
6: Yeah, and on the uh, official club website on Saturday, Edward said how he nearly uh, threw it all in basically because everything he was trying was backfiring. Um, was that ever something he spoke about to to you personally as his team manager?
16: No, it wasn't really. No, no, no. No, I didn't really want to go there with Edward and that. We uh, we always wanted him there in the team and that. We know what he's capable of. Uh, And, uh, you know, he's a good local lad and a a good rider. So, yeah, didn't want to contemplate anything else, really.
6: (laughs) With the scores he was producing up until the past week, with him uh, also moving away from that number one position, did you always believe that he would be able to turn the corner?
16: Well, that's it. We, you know, we, I've known Edwards. You know, he's a little kid now. I know what he's capable of, and that, and uh, you know, and it's just a matter of getting set-ups and everything else right with Edward, and, and getting his head right. And uh, you know, it has all come together now, and let's hope he has. You know, ends up the season like this, and you know, and he needs more meters. He's not getting enough rides, really. You know, he could do with some premiership rides and that, really, but and just riding the championship, it's not enough for some of these kids, and that they need to be riding two or three times a week, really, to stay on top of it all.
6: Well, Trevor, many thanks for taking the time to speak to No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. and We wish you all the best for the rest of the season. Thank
2: you, Ryan. Eastbourne team manager Trevor Gear speaking with Ryan Guest. And the only other fixture in the championship uh, across the weekend that we haven't mentioned so far is uh, another North East derby. Actually, Newcastle v Berwick, and that is on Sunday, four o'clock start at Bruff Park for that one. If you're uh, if you're in the area, maybe you're holidaying in Northumberland, get yourself along. Uh, well, two lots of speedway because Berwick are racing on the Saturday, Newcastle on the Sunday. Uh, top times there. Um, Let's have a look at the the National League now because we're talking about Eastbourne. Um, Eastbourne Seagulls were in action last week against the Bellevue Colts. A very close meeting indeed. But once again, another defeat for Eastbourne who find themselves in the National League without a win so far after five meetings. Very frustrating. They're just nearly, nearly there, but not quite. Uh, Let's hear from Will Pottinger, who is the team manager of the Eastbourne Seagulls, um, about what it's like just not quite being able to get the results over the line.
9: When you lose at home, it means you've got to do that extra bit away from home, you know, to try and make up for it. So we're going to have to uh, pick up some points away, you know, wins really away from home and then look to go unbeaten at home really for the rest of the season if we're going to have any sort of chance of winning the league. Um, Still plenty of time, you know. It's only our fourth meeting, but you don't want to... Keep saying that because yeah. before you know it, it'll be the end of the season. Yeah.
0: But already, the, the team is a bit di- well, It's quite a lot different to what you envisaged yeah. back at the start of the season, and also your know, Nathan, who's running
9: superbly, will obviously move up at some stage soon. Yeah, yeah. We've been um, <laughs> it's been a bit of a nightmare at times. You know, nobody's fault really. Um, just one way or another, with Henry getting injured. You know, that was a yeah. massive handicap because you can't really. Um, he was going to be. You know eight, nine, ten-point average, no doubt about it. So trying to find uh, a rider who's going to do that how <laughs> home ways? is very difficult. Don't know who's coming and he's getting better, but like everybody in our team, really, we haven't raced for you know, nearly six weeks before <laughs> yeah, last it. weekend, so we've got a lot of catching up to do. Um, and, of course, Chad um, decided to take time out of speedway, so we had to make another change there. So, yeah, it hasn't been, yeah, it has been <laughs> straightforward. That's... Um, fair to say but uh we will keep plugging along and let we we'll keep on from
0: there really. you're, you're fairly experienced now you know you've been through these times where you're having to rebuild teams time and time yes. again and
9: trying to still make the best of every meeting you can yeah absolutely um it is difficult um because there's not a massive pool of riders to to pick from especially when the points limit is so low it is hard you know you got riders who are on three-point averages that go on to be you know sort of eight nine four riders like Nathan, it's a big big advantage over any other team. Um, so yeah, maybe when Nathan goes into the team we'll be a bit more balanced. Um, yeah. You know, um, hopefully that will help us a little bit.
2: Will Pottinger of the Eastbourne Seagulls, who are still winless in the National League, but um, it was a very close run thing against the Bellevue Colts. It finished Bellevue 46, Eastbourne 43. And um, joining us as our guest is Adam Ellis. Adam, when you're in a team who who just can't get a win, really, and and you're in that rut, what's it like as a rider and, and for the team when, you know, you're doing everything, it feels like you're doing everything right, you're putting everything into it, but the results just don't show it?
5: It's it's frustrating, um, you know. Speedway is a funny sport, and it, most of it is is in the head. And uh, when when results aren't going your way, sometimes it just uh, you know it seems it seems like to get worse and worse. So um, uh, it's been tough for them, but um, you know, it only takes one one spark. It could be one one win or one heat win even to to get the ball rolling, and then it can turn everything around. So. Hopefully for them they can, they can get that win soon and try and build on that.
2: So it was uh, three more points on the board for the Bellevue Colts in the National Development League. Bellevue uh, mid-table at the moment but they've got a few matches in hand over Berwick Bullets who are the leaders. Let's hear from Jack Parkinson-Blackburn of the Bellevue Colts now because it's been a bit of a turbulent few years to say the least for him. Uh, injuries uh, keeping him out, losing his team place with uh, Newcastle at the start of this season in the Championship and uh, one thing and another but uh, he does feel he's making progress. He's been speaking with Dave Rowe.
17: Good
0: win for the team and a good Good solid night night's work for you as well.
17: Yeah, yeah, it was a good night. Um, obviously, struggled with um, not having um, Sam with us, but Ben and Farbey's uh, a bit tired tonight. But after all them rides, but yeah, we all knuckled down as a team and uh, managed to get the win. So yeah, it's good. And your old mate Jack Smith doing a, sl- a storming job there as guest. Yeah, yeah, Jack. Thanks, Jack as well. He come in really, did really well for us. So, you know, it helps us out a lot with Benji being out as well. Um, but yeah, no, we're really happy with how tonight's gone. I think uh, we struck. Got all you know struggled a bit last week. We didn't expect to get beaten how we did, but it's good to come back and um, you know do, come back and show that we can still you know get a win. So yeah, it's good. Slowly but surely we'll get to get to get there.
0: I and think. the pairing of you and Paul Bowen two five one there, eight three and five that was good.
17: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know it's uh, good to be riding with Paul, and um, yeah, it's think it will build his confidence up. Them two wins. So, yeah, no, it's uh, just all all learning still for us all, really. But, yeah, I'm uh, a lot happier with my starts and everything as well. So we'll get there slowly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, learning for you. I mean, it has been, what, basically three years out with all the injuries and so on. It's always going to take time. But do you feel you're at a a stable club here that are going to look after you and you're going to make that progress?
17: Yeah, definitely. You know, coming, coming back, it can be really frustrating, you know, not being where you want to be. But, you know, we've got a really good backing behind us. You know, there's no pressure on us. They just want to see us, you know, improving, you know, get experience really so it's really good to have a team like this and obviously a venue like this as well
0: and a track like this i mean you come here who wouldn't want to ride this circuit exactly i don't, I don't think i know one rider that <laughs> don't like this track so yeah it's really it's really good and back here next thursday interesting one against leicester with the thompson twins
17: yeah that, that'll be a good meeting so yep yeah, go back home and uh, reboot ready for next week superb thanks jack thank you thank you cheers
2: Jack Parkinson Blackburn there, and um, it has been pretty tough for him with with injuries, but also losing your place in a team. And speedway can be pretty cutthroat. Uh, can't it, Adam Ellis um, that sometimes you can find yourself out of a job very short notice. If it's not for injury, it, it can be just for for other reasons. And uh, how is that as as a rider? What's it like being a speedway rider when you never really know what tomorrow's going to bring?
5: Oh yeah, so it's it's fairly cutthroat as some clubs are. Are better than others you know give you more more time and more opportunities but um in general is it doesn't matter what what country you're riding in or what league you're riding in if if you're not performing it's uh you know you're normally seen the door shown the door pretty quickly so it's um it would be nice if there was a bit more security in in having your team spot and uh i know a lot of guys have been have been sacked down to the the numbers game really not nothing to do with their own performance which is um, you know is, is part of the sport it's not not part of the sport that I, I really like but um, I, I don't know if there'll be much we can we can change with that.
2: Well, Adam Ellis, it's been great um, speaking with you, and thanks for joining us in this episode of, of No Breaks, No Fear. It's been fascinating getting your thoughts on on everything across British Speedway, but also an insight into to your life as a Speedway rider and everything that's um, that's coming up for you with with Sheffield and, of course, with Scunthorpe. Uh, go safely. And, um, all the best for the season, and Of course, particularly good luck in the in the British final and the Speedway GP challenge, of course, as well. so lots lots for you to look forward to, and all the best of luck with it.
5: There is. Thank you very much, Ian. Um, yeah, it's been great to to be on. Um, hopefully we can keep it going and uh, speak to you at some point soon.
2: Absolutely. My thanks to Adam Ellis joining us on this week's episode of No Breaks, No Fear from his home in France. And uh, we're looking forward to some great action. Of course, keep up to date with everything that's going on in British Speedway online at speedwaygb.co.uk. All the results, the fixtures and even the full race cards uh, marked by the referees are available as well. You can check out absolutely everything that happened in every single match. And of course, you can listen to all the episodes of No Breaks, No Fear as well. because if you haven't listened to some of the older ones while we do reference some of the matches that have been happening that week there's some great insight from a few riders including sam masters and tom brennan in the previous episodes so make sure you uh, look back through the previous episodes if you're new to us and um, listen to those because there's some great insight into the life of speedway riders in general and we'll be back next tuesday with another episode of no breaks no fear rounding up whatever happens over the next seven days or so or Depends when you're listening, I suppose. But uh, over this next week in British Speedway, No Breaks, No Fear is a Nigel Pearson Media Limited production for British Speedway. No
3: Brakes, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast.
13: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast
1: Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.